ask your three closest friends three things they love about you. And if they say like, you're patient and kind and, you know, simple words, ask them to go deeper. Like, tell me more about that. And that is so hard for people to do, but it's one of the most empowering activities you can do because it kind of opens your eyes to the lens of others looking at you versus you looking at yourself. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a great guest to share with you today. Her name is Megan Ruer. She is a seasoned entrepreneur who has built and led a team of women that have achieved over $13 million in annual sales. She's been a top earner, top sales leader, and top recruiter in the direct sales industry. Several of her other professional accomplishments include mentoring and coaching individuals to work from home and achieve six-figure incomes, developing over 150 leaders within her industry. She recently went through a career transition to more closely align with her dreams, and her story is really incredible. She is an author, public speaker, coach, authenticity enthusiast, wife, and mother of four children with special needs. We're going to talk about that, but she always finds a way to weave love, joy, and connection into this world. Megan, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you here, and I can't wait to share your journey with our audience. Thank you, Dr. Richard. It's an honor to be here. Well, there's a lot that I'm excited to talk to you about, a lot that's really relevant to what is going on in the world and the workforce in general. But what I really want to share with people is your story. So, you know, there's a lot of your story that people are going to be able to relate to in terms of how they've been able to pivot within their career, but you've had some things happen to you that most people will never experience, but I think it's good context for what we're going to talk about. So take us back. The floor is yours and can share with us your journey. All right. Great. Um, So I am a mother of four. And um, I am an entrepreneur. Uh, Three of our children have special needs or are medically complex. And um, there's no genetic reason. It's just, I think, what we were given on purpose to lead and love well. And of course, they change my life every day. Um, So we have two with spina bifida and one with a heart defect. So our life kind of has required us to be really creative and think outside of the box and find ways to build the life we want. Um, while being present for our children's needs, which are going to take up more time and energy than typically developing children. And so, um, so that's, I, I initially... I, I, I did mean to cut you off, but I think it's important to put this in context because people yeah. hearing, okay, heart defects, spina bifida, what does that mean? So what what are the challenges that your children are faced with that you know a, a 
child who doesn't have these conditions is going to have. Great. That's great. I never know how in depth to go. So um, two of our children are wheelchair bound. Um, One is disabled from the waist down and the other is actually capable of crawling, but doesn't have the muscle tone and firing that most children have to walk. So, and then our daughter um, who has the heart defect and other kind of, they call her medically complex. Um, Hers is more a world of surgery. She looks completely average, you know, typically developing, but hers has been more emergent. Um, we've collectively had over 40 surgeries in our home for their well-being, everything from ball and bladder to spine surgeries. Um, we've traveled all over um, for the best care to Boston and beyond. So our typical day week is full of occupational therapy, physical therapy, so that they can continue to gain skills for long-term life. So that the, the game plan and the goal is to give them the best, highest quality of life within their differences. So occupational therapy, each of my children has a between five and 20 specialists that they see. So collectively throughout a month, we are at the hospital quite a bit. My husband runs a lot of that side of it. As my businesses grew, it became more a flip-flop of roles and he um, actually stays home while we co-partner in it because it takes two parents. So um, also on the education side, there's cognitive delays. So that requires a lot of advocacy and how to get them the best services, aids, all of the um, things they need on a daily basis to thrive in this world that's um, really not created to help them thrive. So it is a lot of advocacy, a lot of um, really using our voices to help them learn how to use their voices. So that's kind of a typical week. They, you know, there's some things like we have to do bowel care for them, bladder care. So there's a lot of little details that are big details, but we're used to the flow of it in our life. And there, those younger years were a lot of surgery and recovery. So building a business around that and being able to pause and be present for, you know, weeks in the hospital, um, months of recovery after sometimes another surgery would come because one surgery went so well that a second surgery was necessary or one surgery went so wrong. Um, the second surgery was necessary. So we're, we are out of the phase of constant back to back surgeries. Um, but we lived in that with my son for about three years of many emergent, um, surgeries on his spine. So that's kind of the nutshell. Um, he's 13, our oldest who has spina bifida. So it's been a long journey of really learning how to show up in that world and get him, get all of his needs met in a loving, caring, nurturing way, as well as being able to teach him how to physically overcome and mentally overcome a lot of the challenges that come with being so uniquely wired and created. You said that your oldest is 13 and that you and your husband have kind of had this role reversal where you've pivoted, where he now is, you know, in the home doing things and and your business has grown. So let's go back 13 years. So before you had children, what were you doing professionally? So our oldest is actually 15, but our oldest special needs is 13. So 15, so 15 years ago, I was a hairstylist and I chose to actually run a business out of my home and create a salon in my home so that I could be present just for our first son. And then that continued to build into a second career, which kind of partnered well with running that business. And over time, 
the second career grew to such a large level of really being full-time that I pulled back and closed my salon, moved my clients to other stylists that I trusted, and then launched into coaching and building and developing women into working from home. And certainly, you know, anyone listening to this, whether they're, you know, a a woman or or otherwise, uh, is going to be able to gather a lot of great tips from you. But I'm curious, I mean, as soon as you started having these children, and these are issues that obviously get identified very early on. So yeah. this was not a surprise, you know, no. at five years, six years, like you, you guys knew what you were going to have to contend with, so to speak. At what point were you able to say, like, there is no other way but to be an entrepreneur and build a business around my children? That's such a great question, Dr. Richard. You know, sometimes in life, you feel like things are just happening to you. I would say when we had our son, Phoenix, our 13-year-old, we kind of, my husband was in the military at that point, but we kind of looked at our lifestyle and what it was going to require. And we are such a partnership that we were like, there's no way we can't not build a business that brings in a different, allows us the freedoms that working from home and building your, being an entrepreneur does. And so I think at that point, I don't think we knew what it would look like. And obviously any entrepreneur listening knows that it's always an evolving ball because we're passionate, creative people. And so we're always trying to figure out what, what are we doing? Where are we going next? So I think there the seed was planted. And from there that turned into, at that point, I had already had a salon in our home. So, and I was, I loved that. I was so passionate about that. I never saw myself changing. So it's, it's those moments in life when opportunity kind of knocks at your door and you take a look at it and you're like, okay, I'll try this. And from there, it just continued to grow and my passion and desires continued to grow and change around our ever-changing life. So that was kind of that journey. And when I got into the company I was with and was building a team there, my soul was just on fire to help and empower other women to really reach their dreams and goals around whether it was their family, their switching careers, balancing a second stream of income, any of those things, I just wanted to partner and help them achieve that. And I, what I'm really gifted at is helping others see who they are and coming into that and being able to apply that to business practices. And so that, as I understood that more and more about myself, that was a, that empowered them to move further and me to understand, oh, this is this is something that I really have to give to people and I want to give it and develop it and continue to move forward in it. So that is kind of the involvement of it. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. This is really interesting. Again, you know, evolution based on circumstances, right? But yes, you know, you you found in adversity that you have this gift 
that you're able, and I love the way you phrase this, help people see how they, who they are. And so that then they can then apply those gifts and succeed in business, right? Yes. So I want to, I want to spend a little bit of time here because this is cool. So somebody's listening to this and like, well, I want to know who I am. So how do you do that? Like, like let's, let's do who are you 101, the Megan um, Brewer I way. I love this, Dr. Richard. Okay. So I always go back to when I was a little girl, I was not great at sports. I wasn't academically like inclined. Um, and people would always say to me, but you know what you're so wonderful at? You're so gifted at as people. And when you're like a young girl, that's not what you want to hear. You want to hear you're really smart. You're really great at sports. You're really popular, whatever it is that you really find identity in. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, they were giving me a key that people felt really alive and loved and seen and known. And I just, we didn't have those words back then. And I didn't understand myself back then. So I think my journey of knowing and loving myself really led to the journey of being able to empower others to know and love themselves. I would say a lot of it is just natural to me. It's very intuitive. I can pull out the deep secrets of people. I can, I think I, what it is, is I see people's gifts and beauty before I see their flaws. And so because of that, I can really hone in and focus on that. And I, anything in this life, if we know the richness of who we are or the strengths of who we are, then the weaknesses or challenges or opportunities for growth are minimal actually, because if you lean into your strengths, then your weaknesses just grow in time with focus. So for me, it's really listening, getting curious. I love people's journeys and stories. So that kind of helps me be like, oh, well, when you say that, I understand that you, you know, come from these types of situations, which would make you this because as we're all, we're all built for survival. So we learn young how to use our strengths. I think we can often lean into our strengths without even knowing we are quite young, actually. But I think I being those being identified in someone is very much about conversation, very much about self-reflection. And for me, a lot of it's just intuitive. And the more people I've gotten to know, the more I can connect the dots. Like, okay, you come from divorced parents. These are some typical things that come from a divorced household, or you, you know, um, you can't stay in one job long because you're creative. So how do we hone your creativity to find the right location for you or the right, um, job space for you? So I hope that answered the question. Well, you know, and I want to dive a little deeper because I know you've done this, you've built teams and you've generated, you know, seven figure income from this team. So if somebody's listening to this and like, yeah, I want more of this. So give us a couple of pointers. Somebody listening to this could implement today to try and discover. You talked a lot about strengths. You talked a lot about gifts. Yeah. How does one, if they, if they're not sure what those things are, even let's yeah, start there. How do you, how do you figure that out? So one huge tool I use is, and there's so many great tests out there. Like I love the Enneagram test. I love the strengths finder test. Those are just going to give you verbiage and words around who you are. I also really talk a lot about values. That's a huge thing for me when you know your values. So my values are connection, communication, and um, collaboration. So 
when you know your values. So most people will say, oh, it's family, it's money, it's success. Those aren't actually truly values. It's what makes you come alive when you're with someone or you're in your workflow, what makes you come alive? If that's, you know, say that for me, so connection is huge for me. So I feel most alive when I'm truly connecting with someone and learning about them and discovering them. And so how do I put myself in more of those spaces? Because then that strength grows. And as my value, if I'm in alignment with my values, then everything in life looks good. So figuring out your values, there are so many assessments online. And sometimes that's easier to start with because we get in our own head, right? And we tend to really, really see our flaws more strongly than we see our strengths. And so uh, great. I mean, there's so many tools I can give. I think meditation is a huge one, just sitting and reflecting with yourself. One of the first tools I give to anyone is ask your three closest friends, three things they love about you. And if they say like, you're patient and kind and, you know, simple words, ask them to go deeper. Like, tell me more about that. And that is so hard for people to do, but it's one of the most empowering activities you can do because it kind of opens your eyes to the lens of others looking at you versus you looking at yourself. So those are a couple tools and tests are always good because they just have the language. And so often we don't have the language to express who we are or what we are. And so when the more you can read and immerse yourself in those types of tools, the more you kind of come into your power and understand your strengths and how to use them. I think you said something and I wrote it down because it was really cool. I feel most alive when, Mm -hmm. and if everybody just asks, so if you're listening to, of course you're listening to this, right? (laughs) When you're done listening to this, (laughs) sit down and ask yourself that question, whether you're in front of your journal or a keyboard or whatever you're going to do and just sit with it for a few minutes. I feel most alive when. Because I use similar language when I talk to large groups of people. And I would ask them, what is the one thing that you would do for free that you love doing so much that you would just do it? That, you know, if, if you have an opportunity to do it, you do it. So it's basically the same question, right? Yeah. It's, it's what are you passionate about? And then I loved, I loved that exercise because that you get pretty vulnerable. Now, when you have people do that exercise to send, you know, send this email or reach out to their three people or however many people they feel courageous enough to send this to, do you often encourage them to you know, talk about those things that are potential deficits as well as the strengths? So often because what I'm working on first is building that confidence and that seeing in people, I really have them focus on, tell me, and I will often include, encourage people to make a phone call, which is so vulnerable for us in this day and age, like picking up the phone and being like, Hey, tell me three things you love about me. Um, just because I think more evolving comes that way when we're communicating via phone, but a lot of people will do an email text. And I just say, like, ask them those three things, you know, I think we are so in tune with our weaknesses and our self-doubt and our self that those are secondary to me in discovering your strengths first, because again, I just feel when you can lean into the power of who you are, the strengths of who you are, 
you have this drive then to work on the areas that you see opportunities for growth or you see as, um, I don't even like the word weaknesses because I think even our weaknesses are just part of what we bring to the table and we need other people, right? We all need each other. And that's one of my biggest passions is you would balance out the areas that I'm not strong in. I'll balance out the areas that you're not, that aren't your strengths. So yeah, I don't tend to lean into the negative till way later. And, um, those activities would be more of self-reflective to me because I think our inner critic is so loud that sometimes we have to talk that inner critic off the ledge and remind them who our power is. (laughs) I love this. So we've set a really nice foundation because what you described essentially as part of your story is you had a, you had a job, you, you know, you had this salon and then life happened to you and you needed to find a way to balance all of the needs of your family, which are significant. And to put it mildly based on what you've described. So give us some of the strategies that you've been able to implement that our listeners could use to really thrive and balance building a business or even, you know, having an existing job uh, with family, with being able to dedicate themselves to the people and the things that are most important. Yes. Um, So that has been a long, beautiful journey for me of learning how to balance building something within our life and the flow of seasons is how I like to say it. So sometimes you'll be, you know, nose to the ground, grinding, grinding, and other seasons, there's more room to breathe and be as present as you want to be. And I think sometimes we want it to be, we really love the black and the white, like this way or that way. Like, I'm just going to grind. That's, I'm going to hustle. That's where my focus is, or I'm going to be really present stay at home mom, which is amazing, you know, cook all the meals, be all the things. And I had to really learn to prioritize my values and, um, with like the day to day, that's like my really simple way of saying it. That was a long journey because I had strong expectations of what it looked like to be a mother and wife. And I had to let go of quite a few of those, like cooking homemade meals every night. That was not going to happen when I was building a million dollar team. So just over time, those things can evolve when you can really get your focus. So for me, like back to the question of what makes me come alive, at sitting with my kids, being present for them is huge and so much more necessary to me than being chopping in the kitchen. Now, listen, I love to cook. I love it. So kind of shelving that was very hard for me, but it was looking at my whole, where I'm giving my time and energy and where it's most appropriately given. So alignment is a huge part of me. And when I know when I'm out of alignment, because I'm lacking peace. So I'll feel really frazzled or I'll wake up really in my head. And I'm like, okay, something is off. What do I need to look at and rearrange? And so that's ebbed and flowed in so many seasons. Obviously, like when we're in recovery from surgery, everything's a big fat pause, pause button. My amazing assistant is running the show. You know, I have um, a lot of support. We have someone come in and do all our laundry. So those are like the really practical ways. But for me, it always goes back to knowing where my peace is. And if I have peace, then I can flow in every way and give the best of me. If I have anxiety and all of these other emotions, my head is going to not be with me and I'm not going to win. I'm going to be kind of like, 
<sighs> frantic all the time. And everyone feels that stress. Everyone feels that energy. So I think some of the practical things I would do is kind of like say, is just take an inventory of what is really causing you to feel out of alignment or stressed. And if it's tasks, how can you get those tasks off your plate? Or how can you, you know, want, I have a very ADHD brain. So one of the best tools, my older brother, actually, who's, you know, a successful businessman said to me, was like, Meg, you need to set a timer for 15 minutes and you need to knock out those things that are the most stressful to you. And you'll be amazed after that first 15 minutes, how the flow of your day will go because you just knocked off even one, or you got halfway through those three emails you didn't want to write. Um, and it's always been a great tool for me when I'm feeling like this underlying stress building and building like, okay, what is it? And kind of just looking at that and being able to knock it off of my list versus because we get paralyzed if we, if we sit on it too long or think too long, right. We just stop and do nothing. So maybe hopefully those are some good practical tips. (laughs) No, they're great practical tips. And when, when we get into those place, and I like that you use the term seasons because the really big stressor, everybody's got stress and, and stress comes in waves and there's stuff that we can control and there's stuff that we can't control. But when you're feeling out of alignment and when you're feeling, you use the word frazzled, what type of, you know, when you don't have time really to fit it all in and you've delegated all you could delegate and you've utilized all the support you could utilize, how then do you still find the time? And What tips would you recommend for people so that they can engage in self-care? Because self-care is so critical. Self-care is my passion because again, with my life for so long, I believed that I didn't have time for it and I couldn't give it to myself. I didn't deserve it. I, I couldn't have it. Um, my kids were priority. My husband was priority. And so through a series of, you know, therapy, coaching, all the things, tools that I grabbed into, it was me learning and everything in my life. I call it bite-sized pieces. So 10 minutes of movement, if that's walking around the block, jumping jacks, an arm workout, whatever it is, a 10 minute meditation. I love the apps that are out there now. I used to do it like through a book, but there's so many great apps. And for me, that really calms my whole body that connects everything back together. Um, I, I have a sauna. I love my sauna because I can get work done or I can rest in it. So I think any type of movement is the key. That one is our brain actually can't stay in anxiety if we move our body. So if you can just get out and move, if you're in 10 minutes, if you just think in 10 minute increments versus like, I have to do a 45 minute intense workout. And for some people, they love that. I do not love that. I love bite-sized micro moments that I can just really help me move forward and feel back in my body, out of my mind, out of the to-do list, and just take that moment for me. You know, there's a million self-care things, but for me, I've always been like, make it micro. And on the days when you have the time, go take a nap or go indulge in a great book. Anything that, again, fills your soul. What kind of helps you feel, even if it's a little bit refreshed, like you're saying, we're all so stressed. And we carry so many to-dos, right? And demands and just being able to like check back in with yourself. That's another huge one. Like if I'm in a car ride, because you know, chasing kids, driving here and there, I will just kind of turn off all the noise and just sit with myself and be like, how are you doing? What's going on? What do you need more care around? And where do we fit that in? You know, and then make a plan. Keep writing down all these 
little sound bites you're giving us. Make it micro. I've never heard anybody say that in those exact words, but I love that because it makes what you just said. It makes being able to read seem achievable because you can find a 10 minute space. It makes being able to do any kind of quick exercise, any kind of quick little focus meditation, gratitude session, 10 minutes. I love that. Fantastic. Megan, this has been really cool. And the time has flown by. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. And that is, what is your biggest helping? That one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after they've heard our conversation today? I think the number one thing I would want anyone to walk away with is you can thrive in adversity and in stress the more you know yourself, the more you'll be able to continue to make those gains in life. Well said. Where can people find you online? MeganRoseCoaching.com. And I'm Megan Maloney Ruer on Facebook or at Spark, at Sparkle Shine Megan on Instagram. When you Sparkle Shine. <laughs> I love that. So we'll have everything Megan Ruer linked to the show notes at thedailyhelping.com so you can find out more about her. Well, Megan, this has been informative. You are an inspiration. And thank you for sharing such good practical wisdom with us today on The Daily Help. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. Absolutely. And I want to also thank each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to our conversation. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 